0: Hey everyone. Today we welcome Lenny Morano, president of the Americas at Lectra. We will discuss industry 4.0. Hi, Lenny. It's so great to have you.
1: Thank you, Christine. Thanks for having me.
0: Welcome to what just happened. So let's get into the importance of sustainability. Lectra, Gerber technologies, the portfolio. I mean, this is not just a nice to have, this is a must-have. Let's hear some, some of your opening thoughts on that.
1: It's interesting, Christine. Sustainability is a native part of what we do. And now when we talk to customers, it's evolved from socially conscious to sustainability equals profitability to consumers command it. I've been in this industry now going back to 2014. And when I started in 2014, our customers across all the segments that we serve, whether it's apparel, furniture, automotive, everybody used to talk about sustainability because it was the socially conscious thing to talk about. And then you know it really migrated into, boy, everything that I do is, is that's sustainable impacts my P and L, and sustainability really impacts profitability. And when I look at Lectra, you know, sustainability is just a native part of what of what we do, and the solutions that we provide really lead to a sustainable ecosystem because you're reducing material waste, you're reducing labor, you're reducing electrical footprint of production. You're making sure that you know data is passed with that value stream in an efficient way so that there's just less waste. We help customers plan better so they're not producing product that won't sell and they have to destroy it or write it down. Companies now are focused on not just a sustainable process, but producing a sustainable product that's going to last.
0: I like to say sustainability starts in the cutting room floor
1: being able to leverage tools that are now all evolved into the cloud to make sure that you're maximizing the usage of your material and eliminating waste but also labor reduction some of the most impactful sustainable initiatives in the cut room is around waste reduction i believe it actually starts on the planning process right it's okay. it's making sure that you're planning your inventory right in a way that you know your product is going to sell so analyzing what the the sales is like at retail understanding what your assortment is making sure that you have the right assortment making sure that your pricing is in line with the competition
0: i like to think that your industry has been at this a lot longer than the media has been buzzing about it okay so it's definitely top of mind we're we're experiencing it climate wise but with the shift in buying power to a different generation, the voices are louder. And I would say that's fairly a much shorter time period than the length of time you guys have been at the business of sustainability and innovation. So let's talk for a second about innovation in what you do in fashion, automotive and furniture. And first how has how do you expect that to evolve? Because if you're not innovating, you're not surviving. And how does it fit into these macroeconomic times that we have ahead of us?
1: No, so that's a great that's a great question. And first of all, you're right. Actually, at the end of this year, Lecter is going to celebrate our 50th anniversary as a company, which we're you know we're very we're very proud of. Also when you look at electra you spend over 50 million dollars a year in r and d which is about 12% of revenue which is you know really kind of best in class for a, a technology company so innovation is is inherent to our nature and our focus over really the last you know 6 7 years has been around industry 4.0 innovation how do we leverage the cloud big data iot to go and drive efficiency throughout the production process. In 2021 in June with the acquisition of Gerber,
0: I mean as you said this is not new to you as an as an entity and continue to be dedicated to innovation because innovation is sort of the 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 rudder that cuts through all of the chaos kind of on either side of
1: that. It, it, it is and you know economies are cyclical, right? And in our 50 year history we've gone through a lot of ups and downs but we've always continued the investment and innovation in R&D. Because when things settle, we want to make sure that we have the solutions to help our customers move their business forward. We want to make sure that we're the first choice of our customer base. We're continuing to move the needle up. And and in some cases, even during recessions, we accelerate our investment. Because we know that when things you know pop up, people are going to be ready to go make, make the moves and do things a little bit differently.
0: I've always said that the ones who invest the most during the the worst period always come out ahead.
1: Yeah. So it's, it's interesting in 2020, when everything hit, everything kind of, you know, shut down. We heard, you know, a lot of our customers talking about ways to, to reset their business. And, you know, even going into 2020, particularly on the apparel side, there was a lot of over-inventory a lot of write downs, a lot of apparel being destroyed because it wouldn't sell. You know, it was just a very, very unsustainable model. And then when stores and retail shut down, and you have hundreds of millions of dollars of inventory sitting on shelves that's not moving, everybody's going, "Okay, you know, when we come out of this, we're going to do things a little bit differently." And you know, hearing that from from you know our customer base on both the the brand retail and manufacturing side, we knew that we needed to continue our investment in industry 4.0 solutions. Because when they come out of everyone, and they were ready to do things differently, we wanted to be ready for it. Some customers really did say, "Hey, you know what? We're we are going to do things differently, and we're going to use the tools. We're going to we're going to invest in the 4.0 technology around PLM PIN. We're going to invest in competitive intelligence tools to make sure that on the on the front side of our process, we're doing things efficiently, so we don't go back to where we were, you know, three or four or five years ago.
0: What does winning look like? I mean, are we not, are we seeing empty landfills? Is it as big as that? Or is it your, you know, your, you know, your EPS goes up? I mean, and maybe (laughs) it's all the above.
1: I think, you know, for me, winning is getting product to a consumer that they recognize the value in, in a sustainable way that is profitable for those throughout the value chain. Because, and I think that's important, you know, when you have, you know, unsustainable business practices that impact your bottom line and you're wasteful, or you're selling things at a discount in a way that's not profitable, you're not gonna you're not gonna be around very long.
0: On demand is more profitable, much more profitable for the retailer. So it's a good space to be in. Scalability, you know, they can't do it without partnering with a company like
1: yours. Manufacturers and designers are gonna need to have on demand solutions. So when you look at our on-demand platform, which applies to both the fashion and the furniture market, it enables that one-off production in a way that allows you to, to leverage data from the consumer ordering process, through the design, the market planning process, you know, into the cut room and get that product back to the consumer in a, in a timeframe that they expect at a price that they could afford and in a way that's profitable for the manufacturer. Delivering a product to the consumer that adds value in a sustainable way that is profitable for those in the value chain, to me, is winning.
0: I think that that's very exciting to me because it's, first of all, it has bigger picture built, woven into that as an objective. And also every piece of the ecosystem wins along the way. Absolutely. So we just finished a big retail re-event. And are you seeing a fair amount of seriousness around these objectives?
1: Oh, absolutely. It's, I think you said it earlier, <clears throat> Christine, sustainability and these initiatives, they're must-haves now for these these companies to succeed. We do see a lot of seriousness, you know, around you know, both looking to do things for the first time. You wouldn't believe how many, as we have our emailing Excel sheets back and forth still to manage their supply and, and, and planning cycles, or sending a lot of people out to stores, looking at price tags when so much is available that's much more automated and, and and efficient. So we do see a lot of seriousness around it for sure.
0: The effect of cloud-based PLMs is there's a lot of CO2 savings. So you've cut down on travel, you've cut down on samples. These are the not forward-facing sustainability accomplishments mm-hmm. and I'd love to hear your thoughts on that.
1: As Electra, you know, as Lectra as a publicly traded company on the Euronext exchange out of Paris, we have strict CSR reporting guidelines now that we have to report on. And it's really evolved from kind of being a much more financially focused report to saying, okay, what are you doing? Drive down CO2 savings, not just within your business, but within the product offering that you bring to customers. How do you further enable that? As an organization, we're very well prepared for that because sustainability and waste reduction has been part of our value proposition in our product offerings for a long time. Going back to your your comment on, on PLM and kind of the CO2 savings, having a cloud-based PLM enables interconnectivity throughout the process. And it's kind of the the the, the central version of the truth that connects your e order to your ERP, goes through PLM, but then also that's going to feed your design cycle, right? That's going to feed your design side and having that CAD and PLM integration is important and CAD to 2D and 3D integration as well.
0: Process management is definitely a, there's a savings to that. And then you can argue there's sustainability benefits from that. Let's just, this may or may not make it into the the conversation, but aren't you shocked at how many people are actually, how much, well, it's a good thing. Aren't you excited about how much opportunity there is for you to get people into cloud-based PLM?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's you know, it, it's a big opportunity because, like I said, we have the competition of Excel, but we also have people that have been using legacy systems that are a little bit more complex. They're harder to use. They're not as robust. And migrating them over to the latest generation also presents a, a, a huge opportunity for us.
0: Do you find it hard that people hate to pull that Excel needle out? That they're just like, it's like I can't give up my Excel. It's you are know, like you're passe.
1: You know, it's uh, a- absolutely, but we see the emotional aspect of migrating from perpetual to cloud-based systems in a lot of areas of our business. And it's not just PLM, but even on the marker-making side. You know, we have industry 4.0 solutions now where you leverage not just the algorithms, but the power of cloud computing to run a lot of different strategies on how you make your marker and how you're nesting those parts closer and closer together to get you really an unprecedented level of material savings. And going from, hey, I have a dongle on my PC where I use this software that sits on my desktop to leveraging it in the cloud, it's harder for people to adopt. But what's really helped mitigate that is the ROI. You know, the, you know having, having solutions in the cloud and leveraging that power of IoT really makes it an easier conversation to have and encourages people to migrate in a more accelerated way.
0: Do you want to chat a little bit about furniture and automotive? I'd love to. It's it's very interesting to hear that you service all three industries.
1: On the furniture side, there's a lot of trends on the on the retail side that very much mimic what we see, you know, in the apparel space, you know, higher quality, less turnover of the actual product itself, moving into into on-demand, more customized orders. On the automotive side, what's cool about automotive is that they're always early adopters. And with Lectra's Industry 4.0 initiatives, the first ones, you know, a lot of it was focused on automotive and getting like the automotive cut room up to Industry 4.0 standards because they do it in so many other areas of their of their operation, and giving them the tools which are all migrating to cloud based as well, giving them the efficiency on the production floor to be able to scale their production. Our automotive customers, a lot of the things that we talked about in apparel and in furniture still apply, right? From a sustainability standpoint, in the cut room, it's waste reduction, it's labor reduction. And, you know, a few years ago, we had launched a new product, particularly for automotive, it's called the IP9, which combined with cloud-based marker making, gives you the ability to really nest your parts a lot closer together, cut them much more effectively, and it's a significant material savings. And what our automotive customers have done is, use that as a competitive differentiator for themselves when they go and quote to the OEM. So if somebody's looking to do a job for Toyota or Ford or General Motors and they say, "Look, because of this new industry 4.0 smart technology, I could produce your car seats or your dashboards or your liners using less material and save you 1-2% on the cost compared to the competitors, it's actually worked out in our favor." And a lot of a lot of similar thinking across all three industries that we serve with automotive being a little bit more of an early adopter.
0: Yeah, that's very, that's very interesting, but that must be very applicable to furniture as well. I mean, there's a lot of cutting and making everything fit. So do you see that? Well, is that particular machine available in furniture or that?
1: That, that, No, the, the machine that we sell in furniture for that type of application is a little bit different because there's a higher mix of, there's a higher mix of product and furniture, particularly as things go to on demand. So, you know, if you're, you know, if you're Toyota, right, you're going to make, you know, however many thousands of Highlanders, right, you're going to need a lot of car seats kind of using maybe three or four different upholsteries. where on a furniture side, you know, if you go into, you know, if you go into a furniture store, you see the wall of like a million different fabrics, a million different pillows. So the dynamics of, the mix of production are a little bit different on furniture. What we sell primarily into furniture are, we call it lower ply, which is instead of cutting hundred layers of material, you cut 20 because that's really what your product mix deserves. Mm-hmm. Or we see even just cutting one layer at a time, but doing it in a fashion efficient way for on demand production with a minimum order quantity of one as customers come into retail and pick from the widest assortment that's available.
0: Right, interesting. What about using just walk me through how do how do you do that for apparel? Is it much a much bigger cutting? It must be huge compared well, to that. You know,
1: it, it depends, right? What's cool is we have a portfolio that is, allows for both mass production and on-demand production. It really depends on the depends on the the workflow and you know how the customer is positioning themselves in the market.
0: That flexibility is is incredible. Is that industry standard or is that special
1: to you. Guys. Uh, that's special to us to be able to, to have that, that wide range of portfolio. And what's really interesting is that you see a lot of customers kind of putting them side by side now, and customers that traditionally were in the mass production space are trying to carve out areas, and say, hey, you know what, I've normally done mass production, but I think I have this niche to where I can go a little bit more on demand, or I know my customer is buying, you know, customized products or, Products more tailored from a competitor. How do I get my business in that in that space? Here's actually one thing that's pretty interesting that we see. We see it from we see it from big brands. And you talked about the correlation of the different markets that we serve between apparel furniture and automotive. In automotive, you know, there was a trend maybe going back over the last five or six years where the big automotive OEMs you know, these are big companies, right? Billions and billions of dollars in sales. With a company that big, you get a lot of red tape when you're trying to start something new. So they'll start like incubators, almost spit them off as a separate business, keep them small, keep them nimble, keep them flexible and allow them to do things a little bit more, a little bit more differently. And what we've seen really over the last three years is that apparel is kind of taking that model too. You have really big apparel companies that are billions of dollars in sales, kind of encumbered in their traditional way of thinking. How do they break apart from that and accelerate how to do things on demand? And a lot of them have broken off and started their own incubators or funded startup ventures to say, okay, as we look to do things differently, we know we can't do it within the confines of our own building here. We're going to go fund somebody to go and do it. So it's been an interesting interesting correlation between the two the two industries on how do you accelerate new ways of thinking new ways of production and just doing things differently
0: very interesting now since you electra is a compilation of different pieces of this puzzle right different aspects of it and and many pieces of those are have been around for a while have evolved and it's a little and it's it's commoditized to a degree there's a lot out there as an option so we already identified one of your differentials um, obviously service and price and the whole holistic package of what let's say one company offers over the other how do you stay competitive
1: it's really about value right and our value proposition of integrated solutions throughout throughout the whole value stream like I said from planning through competitive intelligence through design and production it, it does stand out in the marketplace but in providing the customer's value one of the things that really makes us different is how we work with the customer to maximize that value right we don't just you know sell a, we're not a point solution provider go sell a machine and then we're done right when you look at you know the the americas team we have over 200 people in the americas dedicated to customer success that's call center support field support that's professional services to make sure that when we implement it we're implementing it in a way that's going to get you up and running and generating that roi and getting the efficiency that you expected when you when you bought that product that's a major differentiator for us but within that customer success team and i'm going to go back to this industry 4.0 umbrella that's over everything we do you know since 2007 all of our machines have been connected to the internet right we were a very early adopter of kind of Leveraging IoT and Industry 4.0 for serviceability, predictive analytics. These are capital equipment machines are complex. You know, stuff stuff happens, but leveraging our cloud service resources, leveraging the data that we get from those machines, we're able to predict when something may go wrong before it even does. And we have many stories of customers saying, "Hey, I just got a part that showed up on my doorstep. What's this for?" Oh, well, through our analytics and our and our service dashboards we saw that something was a little bit out of whack from a telemetry standpoint. And we think this part needs to be replaced so we shipped it to you before there was even a failure. So it's things like that and that continued investment in innovation to further enable those differentiators that helps us stand out.
0: Well, I want to thank you. It's an entire industry and ecosystem built on innovation.
1: It's built on innovation. And I look at what we do and when I talk to people about it, we're behind the scenes of stuff that you interact with hundreds of times a day, right? Whether it's the clothes you're wearing, the seats on your car, the couch that you sit on, we're behind it. And uh, I I think that's what makes us a cool part of the industries that we serve.
0: I have this opinion that Intel was really smart when they put the little sticker Intel inside on laptops. Yeah, I meet technology such as yours that is the back of everyday items and making a difference. And I like to think that there's some way for a customer to make a purchasing decision based on the backbone. So I think there's a value. People bought Dell part of the reason because, oh, this Intel is inside. That must be be important. But to think that I could buy a sofa that had your companies involved in it. So I know not just I like how it feels and the quality is great, but there are so many other values to that everybody wins if you're working with partners that are really committed to innovation and making a difference and have sustainability at their core why not sh- share that with the world it can be popped on and on a, on an e-com site it can be a little thing like the intel thing kind of either on the hang tag or whatever people want to know as we started this conversation the bu- the the buying power the ones with the wallets they want this information it's almost like why why wouldn't you put it out there
1: well it's, it's traceability right it's it's really all about traceability and you know while the consumer itself may not recognize Lectra as a brand name and you know, we talked about over half of the the market wanting to to purchase sustainable products and actually at the end of last year Lectra acquired a company called Textile Genesis that leverages industry 4.0 to to put a you know traceability tag really from like the cotton fields to the consumer of how that product was sourced, produced, um, and, and ultimately gets to the the shelves. And that's, I think, the next evolution. So while, while Electra may not be the, the brand recognizable to the consumer, I think you're going to see consumers commanding to know what our data is and how a product came to be produced throughout the ecosystem that we've created.
0: Well, they don't know because they're not told. They know what they're told. People want to know. And I think conscious conscious partnerships, business partnerships are becoming more and more important and and need to be visible as part of that purchase decision-making
1: process. Completely agree. And I think that's just the way industries and consumers are evolving, right? And the more, the more data that becomes available, the more that people are going to command to, to see it and understand it. We want to enable the brands that we work with to go out to consumers and market in a way that shows that they're sustainable, that they're using our solutions to produce sustainably to, and produce a quality product. And there's a lot of talk about nearshoring and reshoring. You know, we see the near, we see a little bit of reshoring to the U.S., but really we see nearshoring. And a lot of our customers, and this goes throughout all of the industries that we serve, with some of the trade dynamics political uncertainty in certain parts of the world we see that when they look to increase capacity they may not necessarily be doing it out east where they would have 5 or 10 years ago and they're taking that investment and they're putting it in some in the US but Mexico central america in particular
0: it's a big opportunity and uh, it should be big it sh- it should be huge
1: and it's real. like we're 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 seeing it it's not just talk anymore you know, our, our, our business is seeing it.
0: Yeah. Well, that's great. That's great for everyone. Everybody wins. Absolutely. Well, Lenny, I want to thank you for walking us through industry 4.0, the the companies that are part of Lectra and how they all fit into this evolution of industrialization.
1: It's the the fourth industrial revolution. I really enjoyed our conversation. Had some fun. Thank you very much, Christina. Well, it's a pleasure.